Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. We hope it encourages you to live and love like Jesus. Today we begin a new series called Answering Your Call. We'll spend three weeks considering God's call on our lives and, and what it means and looks like to discover our unique giftedness. And so today, to start, we thought it would be great for, for you to hear from other laity, from those who are not clergy, pastors, for them to come and share about their calling and how they experience God in their lives. And so I'd like to start by reading our scriptures for today, and then I'll introduce them and share a little bit more about today's message. And so I would invite you to listen and receive God's Word today, three different texts that I'll be reading. If you have a Bible with you or an app on your phone, feel free to follow along there or on the screens. Here are these words of good news from Micah 6, 8. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11, each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So in all three of these texts, we find this emphasis that we are all called by God to do something. Calling is not just for pastors or for those who serve in vocational ministry. Calling means God's invitation to use the gifts that we've been given in ways that are eternally significant. And so some of you today may already have a great sense of how God has or is calling you, and some of you might still be discerning what that calling might be. But we certainly believe that the local church is a primary place where the seeds of calling are planted and nurtured by God. Last week I talked about the importance of witness and what it means to show Jesus to other people through the way that we live. Whatever we do in speech or action, do it in the name of Jesus and give thanks to God while doing it. And so our calling transcends what happens here in the church. Yes, we are certainly called to, to serve here. It's very, very important. But so are the places that we spend the rest of our time, whether it be our home or our work or school or in our community. Those are important too. And I believe that every good endeavor can matter forever if it's pursued in response to God's calling. And so today I'm joined by Jana Servine, Tony Walsh, and Liz Strand Simony, and they come today to share some of their experience and what it has meant to them to discern and respond to God's call in their lives. And so we are so grateful that all of you are here today. So I would love for you to start by talking a little bit about how God has called you to serve, both inside the church and outside the church. Again, my name is Jana Servine. And I am called to serve as an usher greeter. Uh, I also am a class facilitator. And I'm a Stephen minister. And as a Stephen minister, we've been trained by Stephen leaders to be able to give one-on-one -on -one, um, care 
uh, to those who are hurting. Uh, my name is Tony Walsh, and I've been attending Stonebridge for about 20 years, and uh, I'm blessed to be a part of the wonderful music ministry here at the church. Um, I started singing when I was nine years old. I stole my, some of my older sister's Beatles records and sang along and quickly discovered that I could sing, and I was a quick study, so I've never had a vocal lesson. I don't read music. It's strictly a gift, a talent that God has provided me, and I'm very, very thankful. Uh, but it took me a while to give in to that gift. Uh, I've done some other things that I'll tell you about, but uh, the music ministry is where my focus is. Good morning, everyone. My name is Liz Strand-Simony, and I spent a good 20 years or so, my first career, in um, the high-tech space. I was based in Silicon Valley in California, uh, and I worked on uh, speech recognition uh, uh, issues about five years ago, for various reasons that I'll share a little bit more about in a moment as well. I made a 180-degree transformation from my previous career in technology into uh, the time that I spend now focused on um, primarily, well, I'm in the nonprofit space, uh, focused on uh, poverty-related issues in Collin County, and I also um, am on the faculty at uh, SMU, the Cox School of Business, where I teach in the MBA program. Great. Thank you for sharing that. So, Tony, how did you know that God was calling you? Well, like I said, um I've been in the real estate business, I've been in the car business, uh, and I was uh, managing two Chick-fil-A stores and singing part-time, uh, and I just thought, I really think I need to be doing this singing, this performing full-time, but uh, I had a job that gave me a paycheck every two weeks, a salaried paycheck, and uh, if you sing, you get paid when you sing. If you don't sing, you don't get paid. And you've got to step out there and uh, try to find the jobs. And so I was very nervous about it. I just didn't know what to do. And uh, I have an, an Aunt Martha. She's 92 years old. She's 92 going on 32. She's a Catholic nun in Kentucky. And she is my hero. And I talk to her once a month. I have for years and years. And uh, my niece got married two weeks ago at the Arboretum. Aunt Martha hopped on a plane in Kentucky, flew down for the wedding, flew back. I mean, she's something else. And I was just really t- worried about, do I take this step? You know, do I take a leap of faith and give up this secure job? And uh, Aunt Martha said, to, she's so sharp. And she said, you know, Tony, um, let me make sure I get this right. She said, you know, sometimes... God doesn't choose those who are prepared. He prepares those that he chooses. Whoa. And a week later, I gave my notice, and I've been a full-time performer for about the last 15 years. So through other people, they can show you what your gifts are and where you should go if you'll just open your ears and listen. And that's what happened to me. Liz, what about you? Um, so my story is a little bit different, but also very similar. So I, as I mentioned, I'd been working in the high-tech space for years and years, and I loved it in theory. I flew all over the world, saw wonderful, fantastic places. I worked on big, meaty problems in technology. I worked with some of the smartest people that I still to this day have ever met. But as the years went on, I felt like something was missing, and I didn't quite know what it was. I just didn't feel settled. Um, 
In the meantime, I had gotten married to my wonderful husband, Dean, who's here. Dean was based here in McKinney. I was in San Francisco. I commuted back and forth for several years, and I was kind of feeling displaced in general. And so at one point I thought, I should really do something that's going to get me more integrated into this McKinney community where I spend a couple days every week. And so I started volunteering as a mentor with the McKinney ISD, and I was assigned to mentor at-risk middle school age girls. Um, which I'd never done before, but it was really, it really pulled at me and it became very compelling for me. And it became the thing that I looked forward to most during the week. And at one point, after doing this for a while, and my, my technology career becoming progressively more just not what I needed to be doing, Dean said to me one morning, he said, do you realize that of all the time you spend during the week, you talk mostly about those girls that you mentor for one hour a week? And it gets me teared up because it was such a profound moment where I realized, what am I doing spending my time in technology when there's something pulling me to this mentoring thing? And so that was really the start of what made me transition from my former life to my current life. And again, as in Tony's case, it it was Dean who I really believe was channeling that message that God had for me. So sometimes you will get a message, maybe directly from God, but sometimes you'll get it through someone else as well. And I think it's really important to be open to listening to where these messages come from, to make sure that you are able to hear them and then choose to respond to them. I think both of you raise a great point about that, that so often we we wish that we would hear an audible voice from God or that we would see a burning bush in front of us, but often that is not how God works. God works through other people in our lives, and so it is so important that we always have a stance of listening and of being open and willing to hear what other people are are saying to us and what God might be saying to us through them as well. So, Jana, what advice would you give to others about what it means to listen for and hear God's call in their lives? Well, I know with me, he's very persistent. Um, I have noticed that, mainly for me, I use the analogy, God's knocking at my door, okay? And God knocked, he pounded on the door, he rang the doorbell, for years, and I never really paid attention, even though he was always there during the most difficult times in my life. And so that, to me, is you just have to, as they've said, you've got to, you've got to listen and hear what they have to, what he has to say. And do me a favor, don't wait as long as I did. So, Liz, how has God prepared and sustained you for the calling you've been given? Mm-hmm. So, um, I really feel there, there's that old hymn, It Is Well With My Soul, right? And I, I really feel that when I have listened and I have taken in what God is trying to tell me, whether it's directly through my own prayer and meditation or through someone like Dean giving me a message that I need to listen to, um, when I'm doing what I'm called to do, it, it is well with my soul. And I happen to uh, love being outside, love being in nature. And and I find that the times that I can spend in nature, I'm more open to that and I can hear it. And, and I feel continuously refreshed by that as well. So I continue to be prepared and supported for how I, I need to change and grow to this day. So self-care 
is essentially what you're talking about, which is a, a very important thing for us as humans, as Christians, um, and an important part of, of hearing and being able to, to listen for God. Tony, what about you? Well, I, I try to read something inspirational every day. I have the upper room that the church provides. I get one of those every month, and it's just a little 10-minute you know, reading that you can set aside. I'm in Dallas all the time performing different places, and I'll just have it in the car with me. And uh, I just find inspirational reading kind of keeps me on track. And, uh, and I must admit that since I've gotten into singing at the church, because I took, i got to be honest with you, I took church music for granted. And I don't and haven't for a long time. And uh, I just get inspiration from hearing the wonderful music here and over in Celebration Hall. And anytime I'm able to participate, if Tracy finds a song for me to do. Uh, but again, I know we're repeating ourselves, but if you just have your antenna up and you listen to what's going on around you. I try to walk three miles every day on a track and I don't wear earbuds or anything. I'm just trying to listen. So maybe God can say something to me through somebody else on the track or what's going around. But uh, I get inspiration from reading uh, and from listening to what's going on. So I think a helpful framework for us in, in discerning what our calling might be has, has three parts, three questions that we can ask ourselves. And the first is, whose am I? We have to discover who God is before we can really understand who we are because we're created in God's image. So, Jana, how do you, how do, you do that? Through, uh, through study, uh, the Bible classes that the church offers. And then also, I try and start my day off out every day uh, reading the Bible, doing some form of um, spiritual discipline. Uh, that's what keeps me grounded. And if I don't have that and the day starts off with something else, a telephone call, a text message, or something like that, the day just doesn't go right. And so I try and get up extra early so I have plenty of time to be able to spend time with God. Liz, what about you? So I mentioned um, previously that I love nature. I love to be outside. I love to walk. I love to run. I really love to garden. I love to camp. I love to climb up hillsides. Just being out in nature for me is very important. It, it gets to that point of self-care. And it's only been recently that I realized that when I'm out in nature, that for me is really a time of prayer. It's a time of meditation. It's a time of contemplation. And, and Jana mentioned when she's not able to do her study in the morning, she feels off kilter. It's For me, it's the same way. If I'm not able to spend time in nature and really just be with my thoughts and be in prayer... I don't feel right. And I've, I've, I've realized that through the years. It's only been within the last couple of years that that's, that's been a realization for me. And so now I know that if I am able to do that every day, I feel right in my soul as well. And if I, if I can't do it, things, are, things aren't right. Mm-hmm. I think the second question we can consider is who am I? Because we know that God has created all of us with gifts that are unique. If you were to say to me today, I don't have any gifts, I would say you're wrong. Because all of us have something that God has given to us. And we often refer to those as spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts help give us direction as we're trying to figure out what it is God is calling us to do and be. My spiritual gifts, I first learned what they were early when I was in college and and they have not changed, and typically your spiritual gifts don't change. Mine are pastor, leadership, and administration, so it's no shock 
that I'm doing what I'm doing, even though it took me a while to hear and respond uh, to that calling in my life. And so, Jana, what are your spiritual gifts, and how did you discover what they were? I discovered them through a class, which is what I like to do. I took a spiritual gift class uh, at my last church and then found out that my calling is teaching, service, and administration. And after having taken the class, then the next year I offered to teach it because it's really interesting to watch people understand and finally find out what their gift is. Uh, that realism when they find out what they can be doing, that as Pastor Jana says, everybody has a spiritual gift. And I'm fortunate enough where I, as my administration part of my spiritual gift, I've worked in a job for 25 years running an office out of my home for a plumber. So I'm fortunate that I get to live out my spiritual gift every single day. Great. Liz, what about you? So I took a reading study with Pastor Janice several years ago and actually was in it with my daughter Olivia as well. And we, as part of that reading study, we took the spiritual gifts inventory. And that's why I learned that my top four gifts, I also have to read them because I forget what they're called, but they're wisdom, knowledge, leadership, and servanthood. And I happened to take that class right during this period in my life when I was kind of starting to transition out of technology because it wasn't the right place for me, and I was moving more into the nonprofit space. And so learning that those four gifts were actually very aligned with how I was starting to reposition myself and that it was feeling more like the real me, it, it, it kind of was this virtuous cycle that reinforced each other. And what I've, what I've come to believe since then, having the, you know, the grace of reflecting on the past with also knowing that now I'm doing what I need to be doing, is for me at least, when I'm able to align these spiritual gifts that I know that I have, and like Jana mentioned, we all have them, they're different, we all have them, when I can align my spiritual gifts with my own personal values on the inside with the choices I make and what I do on the outside, everything resonates the way it's supposed to be, and I feel settled and I feel whole. And that, that's a gift from God as well, knowing that you're where you need to be. Right. And so I think the last question to consider is, why am I here? When, when Jesus says to us, follow me, that marks a new beginning for us. When we decide to say, yes, I love you, I'm going to serve you as my Lord and my Savior, and I'm going to follow you, that's a new beginning, a new chapter for us in our lives. And so I would encourage you to think about what is it that gets you excited in life? And what is it that breaks your heart? What is it that causes you to, to stay awake and lose sleep at night? Frederick Buechner has a great quote that says, the place God calls you is where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. And I think that's very, very true. And that looks different for each one of us, depending on how God has created and gifted us. So Tony, how would you respond to the question, why am I here? Well, I think that's probably a question that every human being throughout history has asked, you know, why are we here? And uh, in addition to reading inspirational things to kind of keep me on track, I love to read uh, biographies of famous people. I'm not much of a fiction reader, but I love biographies, sports figures, entertainment, history, political. And I read a biography uh, a couple of years ago uh, of Mother Teresa. Uh, what a phenomenal woman of God, this tiny, tiny little woman, four feet, 11 inches, 95 pounds, who spent her life taking care 
of people that everybody else ignores. In the last 20 years of her life or so, she became a celebrity. The press discovered her and just followed her everywhere she went. She didn't have any time of day for those folks. She had things to do. And this one article I read, she was taking care of someone who was really ill, bandaging their wounds and and giving them the medicine. And and these paparazzi were everywhere. And somebody hollered out, hollered, that's a good Tennessee term there, (laughs) hollered out, Mother Teresa, why are we here? Why did God create us? And she didn't even look up from what she was doing. I got to remember these words. I think there are 11 words. She said, we were created by God to love him by serving others. And then she went back to work. And I mean, wow. I mean, that's it. Why else are we here? To accumulate stuff? You know, I don't think so. So I think that's why we're here. Learn your gifts and then turn them outward and serve. Great. Liz, what about you? Yeah, following from that very closely, I, I, I'm going to cite a couple of Bible passages that are the most resonate the most with me in the Bible. And the first one is Micah 6.8, which Jana shared at the start of this conversation. And the other one, I'll just paraphrase it here quickly, is Isaiah 58.7. So this says, feed the hungry, shelter the homeless, clothe the needy, and serve your community. And that really resonates with me. And that's what I'm doing right now. And that's how I know that what I'm doing is what I'm supposed to be doing. And so I wish that to all of you as well. If you can discover your underlying gifts and align that with what you're doing in life, um, you, you will find great peace through that. Well, thank you all. Thank you for your witness, for the ways that you have been faithful, the ways that you've responded to God and continue to live out your witness on behalf of Christ and the church and your willingness to share today. Because we are all ministers to the human community on God's behalf. That is why we're here as we serve and seek to function as salt and light in the world. And so you have all helped us to see the different ways that that can be lived out today and reminded us that when God calls us, God does indeed equip us and prepare us and give us what we need. And so all of us, yes. And and so we're all called to serve a purpose that's greater than ourselves. And so I would invite you this morning to reflect on what it is in your life that's sacred to you, to take some time to watch and listen for the moments when you can make a connection between your faith and your daily life, whatever that might look like for you. If you're interested in discovering what your spiritual gifts are, as as they've shared about this morning, please come and talk to me. I would love to visit with you and give you a tool so that you can discover what those gifts are, and I can help you uh, figure out ways that you can use those gifts in the context of the church and even within our wider community. Some of you today might feel a calling to full-time ministry. Some of you might feel a calling to lay ministry. Both of those are equally important. And so please, if that is you, come and talk to me or Pastor Dale. There is no greater privilege for us than to have those conversations with you. Or perhaps one of the stories that you heard this morning from these three friends might resonate with you. And so if that's the case, all of them are willing to visit with you. They will make themselves available after worship today. Or you're welcome to reach out to me, and they have given me permission to share their contact information with you. They would be happy to continue the conversation. God does indeed call us to be fully alive, to grow in our faith as we serve in our world and as we transform our world. And we all have gifts to make God known. And so the question today is, what is your unique contribution? 
What is it that God has given you that sets you apart? The work has been prepared and God will give us what we need. And the good news is that all of us are called by God to be exactly who we are. God does not call us or want us to change and be someone other than who we were created to be. We're diverse, we're gifted, we're loved, we are all empowered by the Holy Spirit. And friends, all God wants is you and a willing heart. So will you say yes to that invitation? May we all be open to holy nudges from God that we might be used to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world because we know that God works all things together for good for those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. Thanks be to God for that hope. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website, mysumc.org. Have a blessed day.